0: One thing that has recently, I would say recently in a few years, uh taken over some T V channels is the reality shows, right? I don't actually watch T V to be honest. Uh I wish they would offer, you know, one channel or the channel would like to pick and they would pay you only for that one, rather than having to pay for many channels uh and not watching them actually. But anyway, some of these reality shows uh, depict people trying to survive under any kind of circumstance. And when people fear for life, they sometimes do some things that are horrible. But people try to survive at all costs. And survival seems to be, seems to be the word of the day. Here in the Bible, we have today a story of someone who was trying to survive desperately. Someone who was willing to do anything possible to survive. And before we go to the text, to scripture, let me just have a word of prayer. So God may inspire and enlighten us today. Let's pray. Bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you so much for this Beautiful Sabbath day. I thank you, Lord, because we have the opportunity and the privilege to be here in your house. And now as we open Scripture, we pray, Lord, that you may speak to us. We pray that every word that's going to be shared here may be a reflection of your intentions and of your thoughts. May we learn from Scripture. May you anoint my lips. May I be used just as an instrument for you. That's what I ask you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, you may well know this story, but I'm going to read it now from from the Bible, from Joshua chapter 2. And I'm going to read a more extended passage now than we did at at the scripture reading. I'm going to start in verse 8, and I'm going to go all the way to verse 21. Joshua chapter 2, verses 8 to 21. If you have your bibles you can look it up we don't have the text here today on the screen uh, which is uh, an exercise for us to go and, and look it up in the bible if you have your iphone your android you can look it up anyway joshua 2 8 through 21 and i'm reading from the new king james version now before they lay down she came up to them on the roof and said to the men. I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sion and Og whom you utterly destroyed and as soon as we heard those things our hearts melted neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you for the lord your god His is god in heaven above and on earth beneath now therefore i beg you swear to me by the lord since i have shown you kindness that you will also show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token and spare my father and my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. So the man answered to her, Our lives for yours, if none of you tell this business of ours. And it shall be when the Lord has given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, For her house was on the city wall, she dwelt on the wall. And she said to them, Get to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you here. Hide there three days, until the pursuers have returned. Afterward, you may go your way. So the men said to her, We will be blameless of this oath of yours, which which you have made us swear, unless... When you come into the land, you bind this line of scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household to your own home. So it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house His blood shall be on our head if a hand is laid on him. And if you tell this business of ours, then we'll be free from your oath which you made us swear. And then she said, According to your word, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet cord in the window. Well, you see... What can we learn from this story here? It's a story of two unnamed men. We don't even know their names. And what's the relevance of this story for us living, living now here in the 21st century? Well, let's think about the story. Joshua sent two spies to go survey the land. And he said, go survey the land, but especially Jericho. You know, because Jericho was a big fortified city. And they had to survey the land to know exactly what to do to be able to take the city over. So Joshua sent those two spies. Those two spies went out. They crossed the Jordan and went into the promised land to take a look at Jericho, at the city of Jericho. Someone the other day asked me, Oh, how come the Lord opened the Red Sea, and the Lord opened the Jordan River, for the people of Israel to cross? But we hear about people crossing the Jordan, without the Lord necessarily open, opening the river. Well, there are, there are sections of the river, that you would be able to cross. But if you were willing to bring a whole nation, across the sea, across the, the river, with children, and with With old people, elderly people, you would have to have something uh, magnificent, something bigger than that. So God would open the river. But at this point, those two spies went by themselves and, and went to the city of Jericho. And they entered the gates of the city. And they probably tried to disguise themselves so as not to be recognized as strangers to that people. We don't know exactly what time they made it into the gates of the city... But it was before dusk because we read that later they were going to shut the, the gates of the city at night. So they went there probably sometime during the day or during the afternoon trying to take a look at the city. But they needed a place to stay at night, right? And this, they, find, they find a place to stay in this lady's house. Her name was Rahab. And the Bible says that she lived on the wall of the city. You know, some scholars say that the walls of the city must have been between 6 and 14 feet wide. And that's not really wide enough for you to build a house there. But that's where she lived. And that's where she had people come and stay at her place when they needed so. So those two spies found place a place to stay to stay over right there in that house. And they thought, well... We were fortunate enough to get through the gates of the city not being recognized and finding a place to stay overnight. Well, so they thought because the king heard about it. Someone came up to the king and said, "We have spies coming from the people of Israel to take a look at the city. So you better be prepared." So the king wanted wanted to ascertain about that and he sent he sent men to the house of the lady And those men came there and knocked on the door. And the lady knew what was going to to, to happen. What was about to happen. So she hurried back and told the two spies, you got to go and you got to hide on the roof. And I think I had a picture here of what the roof would more or less look like. So they were right there on the roof where she had some stalks of flax. And she said to them you go you hide inside and beneath the underneath the the stalks of flax and you'll be safe there and she comes back back and opens the door and the man asks her "Uh, we know that you have men that came from the israelites here in your house so bring them out and rahab says no i don't have anyone here no i guess you are you're mistaken sir i don't have anyone here no, yeah, we had word that you, you let them here in your house, let them in here in your house, and you're hiding them. No, 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 sir, I don't have them here. They had been here, to be honest, I, I don't even know where they come from. I don't know. But they were here, but they left already. So if you want to really get a hold of them, you should run, you should go and, and follow them. You should go out of the city and follow them on the way back to the Jordan. Because they are not here. They are no longer here. So the men trusted her. And they left. They left her house. And they left the city looking for those spies. You know, she was a smart lady. She used some strategy here. Because she was not telling the whole truth. Because... The men were still there on the roof of her house. Well, the Bible says that the men, the king's men, went out and pursued the men on the way to the Jordan. And as soon as they left the city, the gates shut. The gates were shut. It was dusk already. So the city was closed. And the men who were pursuing the spies were out of the city now. So the spies are all safe now inside her house and inside the city. She was she was willing to do anything to be saved. She was willing to do anything to have her life spared. But she goes on. After that interaction with the, men's, the the men that came from the kings, from the king's side, she wants she goes back to the spies and she talks to them and says, Oh, you're safe now. You can't come down. But please, please, you gotta do something for me. As I showed kindness to you, protecting you, sparing your lives. You got to show some kindness to me as well. You got to protect my family. But that's not all that she says. The really, really, really beautiful thing that she says. Is contained here in verses 8 through 11. Because she says that. Her, not only her, but all her people, they were faint-hearted hearing about the Israelites and knowing the good things that God had done for them. So she says, you know, I know that the Lord has given you the land. There is no question about it. And I know you're going to take over our land. And there is terror in all of us here. The terror of you has fallen on us. And all the inhabitants of this land are faint hearted because of you. Because we have heard what the Lord has done for you. How he opened the Red Sea. How you defeated the Amorites. We heard about all of that. And we are just with our hearts melted here. We know there is nothing we can do to prevent you from taking over and conquering our land. And she says at the very last part of verse eleven, and you can read it there, she says, For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above, and He's God on earth beneath. What a confession. What a confession coming from someone who was not, not part of God's people. The Lord your God, he is God in heaven above, and on earth beneath. But she goes beyond that. She asks the spies to give her a true token. A true sign. A certain sign that that her life would be spared. And they gave her a sign. You know what sign they gave her? They gave her their word. Their word was given as guarantee. Their life, their very life was given as a guarantee that her and her family would be saved. But by giving their word, and here is what we need to pay attention to. By giving their word, they were giving her several instructions. Important guidelines by which she should abide. So that her life could be spared. They also requested that she hang a scarlet cord in the window. And she promises to follow the directions exactly to the letter, to the letter. She promised to follow exactly what they said. Well, after this promise from one side to the other, the spies go out. They go through the window. They go through the window at night while nobody was watching. They didn't have a really good night of sleep, I guess, because they had to do this Uh, sometime between midnight and 6 a.m. probably. So they're getting down the rope there. And they're able to escape. And they run. They run for their lives. And she says, you go up to the mountains. Because there nobody will look for you. And three days later you come back. Because in three days, you know, the man who came from the king, they'll probably have, have forgotten about this. They'll have other business to take care of. So you'll be safe. You can come back. So they did it. They stayed three days on the mountain. And then they, wake back. they went back. And they considered their mission a success. But I tell you one thing, they didn't survey anything. It's true that while on the mountain there, they probably had a, had a better vision of the city. They had three days there to be just looking at the city there, from there. But they didn't really walk around. They didn't really see how people would act and everything. They didn't see any of that. The only thing they did, they stayed up there three days on the mountain. They came back and went straight back to the camp of the Jews, of the Jews, of the Israelites. But still, they considered their mission a success. They come back to Joshua and they say, You know what? The Lord is going to give us the land. The Lord has indeed... Delivered us the land. That city has been delivered into our hands by God. And how come they say that? Why could they say that? If they hadn't even surveyed the land properly. Well they had the assurance of the testimony given by Rahab. That was the most assuring piece of information. They ever collected. Because they heard from her. That everyone was faint hearted. And that the Lord had already delivered. The city into their hands. So we have a few, a few lessons to learn here from this experience. We have a few lessons. That first. You can do whatever you, you want. To save your life. But Sometimes sometimes god will use people strange to your faith god will use people outside of your faith to tell you something and you should be open to that god will will use people outside of your faith to help you somehow and you should not refuse it because that's what the spies did they received help from someone who was not part of the people was a Canaanite but still they they were open to receive help from her and by receiving help from her their lives were was was were spared and they also knew they also received the information that God was going to deliver the city into their hands There's something we also need to learn here that like we studied today at Sabbath school we are the salt of the earth so we are supposed to mingle with people there is no no meaning in salt being preserved by itself in the cupboard and not getting in contact with the food so everything that salt comes in contact with it will make a difference so we are supposed to mingle with people some of them will be willing to help us some of them will be willing to help the church. Some of them will be willing to help the work of the church. Even if they are not Christians. And we should not refuse that. But at the same time, in, contact, in having contact with them. In mingling with them. We are supposed to make a difference. Just as the salt makes. Rahab used all the strategy he, she could come up with to preserve her own life and the life of her family. But that would be good to preserve her physical life. And you know, I, I you know I grew up in Brazil and when I was uh, at university doing music I lived about almost two and a half hours away from the university. So every day I would, I would commute to university. Of course, I would take the public transit system. And I would have to take several, uh, several means of transportation to get there. And I would have to walk downtown Rio de Janeiro also to, to go from one, uh, from one uh, transit to the other. And as I was walking down, downtown, I would see this every day. I would see people living on the streets, of course. And some people tried to make a living by collecting paper and collecting carton boxes. You know, like moving boxes and and things like that. And they would collect as much as they could. And sometimes as much as they could was not very much actually. But I would look at those people there collecting. They would hang on to what they had for life. If someone would come and try to steal just one sheet of paper, that would be trouble. They would fight for that. They would fight as if they were fighting for their lives and they would be able to do anything they would be willing to do anything to preserve what they had and to preserve their their means of uh, surviving same thing here with rahab she was willing to do anything to propose anything possible to preserve her own life but there is one thing there is one thing that she did There's one thing she did that really made the difference. And and assured her eternal life. Even though we may perish here. even, Even though we may die. We may have eternal life guaranteed. First, she confessed. She confessed that God is the true God. She recognized that God, the Lord God, is the only one powerful enough to save us completely and to give us eternal life that was the first that was the first thing she did in verse 11 for the lord god your god he God in heaven above and on earth beneath so she recognized that she also she also asked for a true token a sign of truth a sure sign and the spies gave her, her uh, their word but they also said, you have to put a scarlet cord right there on the window. And that's the sign that you were, you were believing our word. That's the sign that would trust us. And she did it. She hanged that scarlet cord right there. And you know this, this expression, the scarlet cord. There are many, many, many sermons that have been built upon this, this expression. But it's expre- an expression that only shows up in the Bible twice. In Joshua 2.18 and Joshua 2.21. One, when the spies tell her to put the scarlet cord on on the window. And Joshua 2.22, when the Bible says that she did do it. She put the scarlet cord right there. This scarlet cord was the sign of her faith. So, strategies, stratagems may be able to spare your physical life. But it's only when you confess that God is God. Only when you confess salvation through Jesus Christ. Represented here by that scarlet cord. Only when you accept the gift of salvation. And only when you live by the word. Only when you even pledge your life to live by the word of God. Only then everlasting life will be guaranteed to you. There are many things that we do to, to go on a daily basis and to survive and to live in this world. And all of them are fine. We are supposed to find a job. We are supposed to, to take care of our, of our lives and to provide for our families. But if you are looking to live eternally, if you are looking to have eternal life, you need to accept God as your God. You need to accept Him, to confess Him as your God. You need to accept the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. Just like Rahab did, represented by that scarlet cord. And you have to live by the Word. Whatever the Word of God tells you to do, you have to abide by it. You have to live by it. Because by doing that, by living according to God's law, you'll be spared of many troubles. And you have eternal life guaranteed in Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says that Rahab lived on the wall of Jericho. Ahab lived on the wall of Jericho. And I know some people may be living, maybe living on the wall. It doesn't matter what you hang on to, you know, it, it's all going to be destroyed one day. The walls of Jericho came down. The walls of Jericho came tumbling down. Anything you may be securing yourself to on this earth. One day eventually will come down. Whether it's a good thing or a bad bad thing. They will be destroyed one day. So someone may be sitting on the fence. Someone may be undecided whether, whether to accept Jesus fully or not someone may be undecided today whether to live by the word by the word completely thoroughly trusting what god says in his word or not someone may be struggling today to confess the lord god as your personal god well if you're sitting on the fence you gotta know that eventually that fence will come down just as the walls of jericho did So it is now, it is here today, that we have the opportunity to make any decisions. This past Thursday, I was in a Bible study at a house here in Trenton. Uh, Sister Sylvia was there as well. And we were studying the Bible. We were studying what happens when someone dies. And we were going through that lesson. And then someone in the house asked, So, Uh, What about a second opportunity? Do we have another opportunity? And what the Bible teaches is that all the chances you have, all the opportunities you have, you have right here, right now, in this life. All you have to do, all you have to choose, you have the chance to do it right here, right now, in this life. There is no second chance once we pass away. So it is today, it is right now that we have the chance... To acknowledge God as our creator. It is right now that you have the opportunity. To acknowledge Jesus as your personal savior. And accept the gift of salvation in Christ. And it is right here. Right now that God is calling you to a commitment. To live according to his word. To live according to everything that is contained in this book. And if you do that. Even though you're. Your life here on earth may end before Jesus comes. It may happen. Eternal life, everlasting life will be guaranteed for you. I find this to be great news. I find this to be good news, don't you? Do you really? I find this to be good news, do you? Oh, maybe I'm not so excited about I find this to be really good news. Do you? That Jesus is willing to save you. But you have to accept it. You have to accept Jesus in your heart. And you have to live by everything that is contained in His book. And you love doing that. Because you love the Savior. You love having a relationship with Him. And God will direct your path. God will direct you in the paths of life. And he will take you to completion. He will take you to the promised land. That's his promise in the Bible. I pray that God may help you today. Whatever you are struggling in life. And earlier today when you when you came in. Uh, we had a letter that was given out to you. How many received that letter talking about uh, 50 days of prayer? Not many of you. Or maybe you are shy. Or maybe you are hungry. You don't have the strength anymore to raise your hands. So I hope most of you received. We had 30 copies of those uh, letters. Or so we, we, we gave one per family. And you know I don't know what you are struggling with. I don't know if you are struggling with some issues in your family. I don't know if you are struggling with uh, some issues in the Bible. In your personal walk with God. But I know one thing. That God, that God can, can reveal all of that to you. And I'm sure that God can give you a response. If there is a response needed. We can find it in the Bible. And I believe that prayer. Can, can remove mountains. Even literally. But prayer can remove all kinds of mountains in your life. All kinds of problems. All kind of kinds of challenges you have. So I'm inviting you. To join us. Beginning August 15. August 15th all the way through October 3. And we'll give you instructions. You'll receive a a, a devotional for those 50 days. And we'll be uniting in prayer. There is so much to do here in our community. There is so much to do across the world. God is calling you for a special work with Him. But we need to be united. We need to be grounded in God's Word. We need to be united in prayer so we can move forward together. So I invite you to prepare for that, to pray for that. And if you have any questions, if the Lord is calling you, but you are still struggling with something. Don't struggle anymore. Because all the all the opportunities you have, all the chances you have are being given right here and right now. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord strengthen you and give you the courage you need to stand for him amen that's my prayer